Welcome back to the Badass Literature Society, where badasses come together to rate and review novels recommended by you. Our podcast will be published monthly, at least that's our goal for now, and we'll focus on one book. We'll split the podcast into two sections. First, a spoiler-free description and our overall score, and then a more in-depth discussion of the plot and the ending, which will obviously be spoiler-heavy, and our individual scores for the book. Um, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Bethany from Pen- Prince Kai Fan Pod. I had the honor to be a guest star on her podcast. Um, you should check it out if you're a fan of The Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Mayer. I was on episode 46, so you should listen to the whole thing, but especially my episode boo-boo. You guys have forgotten, this week we are talking about Magic for Liars, which is by Sarah Gailey. Um, first, we're going to talk a little bit about Sarah. Uh, so... Gailey has written two alternate history novellas other than Magic for Liars called River of Teeth and Taste of Morrow. In 2018, she won the... Or sorry, a- I apologize. They won the Hugo Award for Best Fan Writer. Uh, Sarah Gailey goes by they, them pronouns, and, and it's non-binary. So I, I apologize for using the wrong pronoun there. Um, Magic for Liars is their first full-length novel. Uh, they have been nominated for the 2017 Nebula Award and the 2018 Hugo and Locust Award, and they are regular contributors for multiple writing and literature websites. Now, Lauren, if you want to cover the back of the book. Yes, so brief synopsis back cover. Um, Ivy Gamble has never wanted to be magic. She's perfectly happy with her life. She has an almost sustainable career as a private investigator in an empty apartment and a slight drinking problem. It's a great life, and she doesn't wish she was like her estranged sister, the magically gifted Professor Tabitha. But when Ivy is hired to investigate the gruesome murder of a faculty member at Tabitha's private academy, the stalwart detective starts to lose herself in the case, the life she could have had, and the answer to the mystery that seems just out of her reach. Dun, dun, dun. All right, Barbara, what accolades or awards has this book won? Okay, so the book has made it into a lot of book lists that I've noticed, like, a ton of them. Um, And some of them include the Goodreads, the hottest books of summer of 2019, and the 24 most popular sci-fi and fantasy novels of 2019. EW's Books to Read in June, all of this obviously obviously was back in 2019, and BuzzFeed's 29 summer books to get excited about. It has a 3.7 out of 5 on Goodreads and a 3.9 out of 5 on Barnes & Nobles. It was published on June 4th of 2019. It was also nominated for Goodreads Choice Awards for Fantasy in 2019. It is 336 pages and considered a fantasy or mystery genre. Okay, so first things first, uh, let's talk about it. What did you guys think about Magic for Liars? Remember, no spoilers. <laughs> Thanks for tacking it on. Sure. Michael, do you want to? No, you can go first, Barbara. Me? Um, so, I, so I don't want to spoil anything. So I did enjoy the book, but I was a little disappointed with the lackluster magic in it. I don't know if that's a, I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, I just thought a book being called Magic for Liars and being set in where it's set, which is a high school, pretty much a Hogwarts, essentially. It's not um, Hogwarts. No, n- nothing at all considered like Hogwarts, but Americanized. So it's, it's a high school for, do they, what do they call them here? They don't call them wizards or. Mages, I think. Just, is it mages? I think so. Yeah. So it's, 
you know, high school for them. So I was a little disappointed that it wasn't as heavy magical as I wanted it to be. I did enjoy how very descriptive um, they used for the the magic, though. Whenever the magic was introduced or, or took a center part of the book, it was very descriptive and really, really cool. Um, I've never read a book that described magic the way that they did in this book. So I enjoyed that. Um, I did enjoy, though, how the teenagers still acted like teenagers, like... You know, they drew, they used magic to draw penis clouds because they can. Like, why not? Like, that's such a teenager thing, you know? Think back uh, how stupid we were when we did crap like that. Like, I thought that was really, they made them act like teenagers in the book. So I enjoyed that. I thought it was kind of a mean girl vibe to it a little at times as well. Um, I was not a huge fan of the main character. I thought she was super whiny and just over the top and I'm okay with having books that have unlikable characters and even unlikable main characters where you're not necessarily supposed to like love everything about them but I just felt like this one was a bit over the top she um by over the top she means awful well she was just it's one thing to say like you okay like in the beginning she says like oh you know I, I wish I was magical obviously not give anything away because the book literally says she's not magical her sister is um so ivy is the main character's name and she just goes on and on about like if she were magical then she would do this or if she were magical then she would do this and it's like once in a while that's fine i get it but every single time you're always complaining about that it gets a little stale and it's just like you're you're not like she was around her late 30s i believe was I think how old she was supposed to be. I think something like that. And at some point, I feel like she was acting like a teenager herself. Like, you don't always have to be, like, we get it. You wish you were magical. I I understand. But, you know, there's no need to keep pointing it out. I 100% agree about the main character. Um, She she was just, she's very self deprecating. Everything about her was very, she's very whiny. Um, And just, like Barbara said, if, if it had been like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I really wish I could have done magic like my sister. And then you had that as like a, even like a whole chapter about that. That would have been fine. But she it's not just one chapter. It's over and over and over about how like, oh, my life would be so much better if only I could do magic. And, yeah. you know, it's like Ivy, my life would probably be better if I could do magic. <laughs> but I don't wander around talking about that. Um, to put so, yeah, it in that, perspective, though, to put it in perspective. This is this would be comparable to like Filch from the Harry Potter series writing a novel <laughs> being a squib being a squib and like being constantly surrounded by people that are way cooler than you would kind of suck in a That's sense true. and right, it it would be it would be pretty um I mean it'd be like you're the only one that can't do all of the all of the things. I don't know. I get that, but I, I am, I think that she was whinier than is necessary, but I also understand why she was feeling the way that she was. I think, um, I think I probably feel the same way. Now would I whine and bitch about it as much as she did? Probably not, but. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Like the, the whole book, like I, I didn't love the book. I didn't hate the book, but I didn't love the book either. Um, 
it was fine. The main character was fine. Girl's um, fine, Michael. It was okay. Uh, you know, the, I I liked some of the characters. Like Barbara said, I I I wish there had been more magic in the book. Um, there just isn't a whole lot of it. I mean, it's a magical setting. Uh, it would be like if you set a Sherlock Holmes mystery, and the backdrop of it was Hogwarts. I mean, it's, it's then it was more about the mystery and solving the mystery than it was about the yeah. magic. Um, now, now, saying that, the magic that the author came up with for this was really cool, and I'm sure we'll get into some of that in the, the spoiler section, but uh, the way that she created, or they, the way that they created the magic, it's hard to do, and I apologize, if, um, but it, it, uh, it, it was really a really neat magic system. Um, one other thing that I thought was, I guess, kind of weird um, is that, so this is, and it's labeled as an adult book. And if you were to go to Barnes & Noble, it would be in the adult section. And I thought that the book read like a young adult book. Yeah, I didn't all the F words. But like, with like, like F words thrown in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it. if you pulled like the F words out, then this would have been a young adult book. Yeah. I, in, my, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked the book. It was an easy read. So I liked that. Like I read it in a day and a half. Um, quarantine 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I found it engaging in the sense that I wanted to continue reading to find out what would happen, even though some of the characters lacked depth. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked the way the mystery was written. Like, I liked the, I mean, she, they gave just enough details, like, at the right times to keep you kind of strung along, but not, Yeah. and it wasn't, it was just like the organization was good. Um, like it, it's easy to put down a mystery book if it's not paced right. And so I think that this one was well paced. Um, the author also used a lot of Im imagery and like metaphors and similes that were, I mean, maybe a few too many for some people's taste, but I wrote down several phrases that were just super descriptive that I thought were really good. Yeah, I agree. Things that, I mean, I have them written down somewhere else. And, and when we get to, like, the more in-depth second half of the podcast, I'll probably go over those just for spoilers' sake. But it was really good. Um, the things that I didn't like as much, the the world-building, I was really hoping since it was, like, a magical premise that there would be more world-building of, like, the, the magical world type of thing. But it really seemed like they didn't solidify the magical or non-magical world for me. Like they didn't really build a world for Ivy in the regular world or like the magical world very well. Um, so that was disappointing. They kept bashing Harry Potter, which pissed me off. You same from <laughs> that beginning when it was really like obvious that they were doing that. I was like, Oh, I'm so offended. Oh, you don't touch my baby. <laughs> No. I guess I didn't notice the Harry Potter bashing. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, uh, they, said, like, I, they came in on the like the first page, first or second, yeah. and said something yeah. about how this isn't going to be about like Hogwarts. Blah blah. Uh -huh. blah. Yeah, yeah. There's some shame. I, I am gonna gonna argue a little bit about your, one of your comments though that because I, I and I know I'm the odd one out here because Lauren, I know you finished the book in a day and a half, and Barbara, I know you also finished the book really like in quickly. a weekend. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And you both said that you know it's one of those things where you enjoyed it and just wanted to keep going. I was exactly the opposite, and it made me feel that I didn't enjoy this book, and uh, but I I struggled like it. I know I had to tell you. I uh, times. you know I don't like 
I don't like books that where I feel like I it's like work to read them. Like it's like you know you're sitting there and it's like wondering oh what should I do this afternoon and like you should be like oh I just want to keep reading my book but it's like oh do I have to read that like that's that's kind of how I felt about this one. It, now I should say until I got to like the last third of the book I read the last third of the book very quickly, um, but the rest of it was kind of a struggle for me. But that, that that's just you know difference of opinion. Um, any other major things you guys want to talk about in this section before we talk about whether we'd recommend it? No, because I think the rest of what I want to discuss is, might be considered spoilerish. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to look at my notes and what I kind of came up with, but I think that there's just a lot left open-ended, and I didn't care for the ending. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, oh. but just in general, um, I was disappointed. Like, I got through all of that and like, Mm-hmm. 36 hours and then I'm like what really um, and That's unsatisfying the ending for sure yeah. I feel like it left too many things open ended and like I said well, I'll definitely discuss that later on but there was yeah. a lot where I was like I just want more for once like it's funny we complain about a really long book and now I'm complaining that I think this one was too short personally I think oh. they could have added a lot more to maybe not necessarily like have a happy package of like here's a present bow tied everything up but at least something like there was a lot of where I was just like well what about this and what about this and what about this like it yeah. was just kind of like there were random. a lot of plot lines that just got dropped yeah yeah well, especially for a standalone book like there's no there's Correct. no book and so it's just like none of that's ever going to get answered but overall I mean it was a fun quick read it's not something that I'll add to my lifetime favorites list but yeah it wasn't terrible so like always we're not going to go into our individual numerical ratings here you have to wait for that um but our group score for this book ended up being a 6.75 out of 10 um and and i I should you know say that it was me that brought that score down i think it would have it would have been a higher score had i not been involved in this episode but uh, so moving on to the next question, which is, would you recommend this book? I'll, I'll start because I know my answer is going to be different than yours probably. And it, it's the first one that I'm going to say, no, I, I wouldn't recommend this book. If uh, <gasps> yeah. if somebody just came up and said, hey, what are some good books to read? Like, this isn't one that would come to mind. Um, so, yeah, that, my answer is no, I would not recommend this book. Ooh, um, I think I still would recommend it. I think I would maybe let the person know going into it that – if you're looking for a magical fantasy, I really, I, I struggle with the fantasy. Like, I really do. It's set in the fantasy world, but I don't think there's enough in the book for it to be considered fantasy. I would put it more of the mystery, personally. 100%, it's more of a mystery book. I like that more. I mean, I like the fantasy aspect. I wanted more of that aspect, but I don't think it was that much to be considered fantasy so if I were to recommend this book to someone I would maybe warn them that if you're looking for that type of a fantasy book I really don't think this one is that and I would recommend it for someone who really likes it's very inclusive like there are um lesbian like gay and stuff like that and it's not even one of those like ooh, what there's a lesbian couple oh my gosh they're gay it's just like a normal random you don't even like blink about it and I love that I like to see the inclusion because I don't think there's enough of that in normal books and so I'm all for that I think that's a great um book for people who are looking for that kind of thing um especially 
I feel like nowadays there are more books like that, and I think it's a good book for that as well. So I think I would recommend it to maybe certain group of friends, maybe not everybody. Lauren? I would recommend it um, as like a fun uh, whodunit beach kind of read, like an easy, like, I don't know. I don't, it was recommended to me based on my love of Harry Potter, and I think that that is probably why I was disappointed in it, because, like, I was like, oh, sweet, because the person that recommended it um, basically said, oh, if you like Harry Potter, like, you'll like this novel, and I'm like, yes, (laughs) an adult Harry Potter, like, kind of thing, and then um, it was a big letdown when, like, we discussed already, it's, it's really not... Um, focused at all on the magical side really except for a few things and so I think that like Barbara said I would recommend it in the abstract just like it's a decent mystery novel that you know to my friends that read those type of books but I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it to Harry Potter people under the premise that read this book it's magical because I don't think it falls in that category so recommended with strings attached Yes. Yes. All right. So I think that wraps up the first part of the podcast. For those of you that are leaving us, uh, don't forget to give us a rating if you like us. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle there is at BadassLitPod. We want to hear from you. Uh, If you've got a book you want us to read, let us know. Um, I do want to do a quick shout-out here for those of you that did interact with our last Instagram post and did give us some books. We're super excited to add those to our episode list, and we're going to be reading some of your books in the not-too-distant future, so look, look forward to that. Um, now for a short preview of our next episode Um, next month we're reading a book called I Was a Teenage Ghost Hunter by Brian K. Henry Um, and I feel like we should announce that the the book was provided to us by the author Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and, we're we're very grateful for that and we we really were enjoying reading it uh, and uh, excited to do the next episode Brian if you're listening Um, Head on over to our Twitter. We're going to have a link to read more about the book uh, as well as buy it if you'd like to. And now Lauren is going to give us a short preview. Booty 16-year-old barista Devin Mulray is doing his best to ignore bizarre manifestations at his job in the chilly northern California town of Arcata. Already teased about his current phase-outs, the last thing he needs is to get pegged as a guy who sees ghosts. It doesn't help his state of mind that local occult fangirl Naira is spreading ghost boy rumors about him online. But when violent paranormal activity badly spooks teens at an abandoned estate, Devin's pushed into investigating by his eccentric friends Clive and Rex. At first reluctant to get involved, Devin's encouraged when Emily, one of the more empathetic girls at Grey Bluff High, is impressed with his daring. Together, the friends explore the creepy Rooston Manor, but as the only person able to perceive the manifestations, Devin soon finds himself going one-on-one against a powerful spirit who attacks the locals and infiltrates Devin's own dreams. Cool. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I like paranormal stuff, so uh, hopefully it'll be good. Now, remember, the second part of our podcast is an in-depth look at this book. So if you want to read the book, stop listening now and come back and listen to the second half when you're done. Please go back. (laughs) But if you're going to read it, get out of here. To be clear, the book we're discussing now is Magic for Liars. Yes, the book we are talking about now is Magic for Liars, and we're about to spoil it. So if you want to read it, get out of here. All the spoilers out of But for those of you sticking around for the spoilers, here we go. 
So if you're still here, you're gonna have a really bad time because my opening discussion question is, did you predict the ending? <laughs> so I'm asking, did you guys predict the ending? Uh, I did. Yeah, I thought. I even have my notes here. I have my notes. I have my Kindle. I'm gonna show you guys where where it like at least part of the ending came into focus for me. So I don't know if I want to go. Do you? While she pulls that up, I'm gonna tell you that I did not predict the ending. And I never do predict the ending in these books. And I'd also like to point out that I've read a lot of these books with Barbara over the years. She always predicts the ending of this stuff in books, in movies, TV shows. I would. I would say always. Lauren, did you predict the ending? I predicted some of it. So, like, and I'll let Barbara kind of give her deal in more depth. But I predicted I was wrong about, like, two things. But overall, my prediction was was close. Not as close as hers, though. She's texting me, because I already read it. She text, <laughs> she's like, is this what happens? And I'm like, how do I not give away that she just basically predicted the whole rest of the book? <laughs> <clears throat> so, when I texted Lauren, it was after I had read page 216, if you're following along. Um, and Ivy is talking to uh, Miss Mrs. Webb, who is essentially like this nurse healer the school nurse I mean, yeah well she's a school nurse but prior like she's way overqualified as a school nurse like she's like this badass healer in this society and i'm gonna like digress here real quick but what i really liked about the magic is how they did the healing magic like it's literally Barbara, a Barbara, that, that, that's what? the next question i'm sorry okay that's fine fine question. just kidding so back to page <laughs> 216 so Ivy's talking to Mrs. Webb, and Ivy goes, said, I mean, if someone had cancer, could you take it out? And it says, her face went still and cold. You've been talking to Tabitha, have you? What? What do you mean? I'll tell you what I told her. Not cancer at that stage. Her voice was level, but the table trembled with the force of what I realized must have been a lifetime of frustration at the limitations of healing. Theoretically, a healer can do anything, she said, but realistically, it's just not possible to do to do that to someone, to think, to take them apart for hours and hold everything alive and find everything in the bone that's wrong and then to put them back together again, her mouth twisted as though she were going to spit. It can't be done. It's never been done. There's nothing we could have done. So that right there, coupled with the fact that, A, we couldn't, in um, Ivy's like documents that she got from the head mistress, there was a missing, her missing... Um, medical report and then the biopsy was missing a page as well so i was like huh that's weird why would those two things be missing and then after she said that i was like tabitha after you reading that tabitha or sorry ivy goes oh tabitha was wondering because of our mom because our mom had cancer and so she was always wondering she could heal her but i was thinking uh no obviously not it's the other chick had cancer. I forgot her name off the top of my head. Sarah, what is the the girl that dies? The... Oh, man, what was her name? Lauren, do you remember? Ooh, I'm so bad with names. Start with an E. Yeah, so Tabitha was dating the murdered person, quote-unquote murdered, and that's how I came to that. I was like, okay, she obviously had cancer. Tabitha was asking about the cancer and thought, can I heal her? And she let her because she's dying anyways what's the point she's dying one way and if she fails at the surgery healing then she's gonna die that way so she was all gung-ho for it and then finding the book her diary um the 
author wanted you to think it was the lady that died. This is going to really bother me until I can figure out her name. I'm trying to look but, um, instead, it was actually Tabitha's, and it was. I thought that was pretty obvious that it was Tabitha's diary, because she's talking about literally the process of doing the healing in the diary. So that's when I started putting it all together. She gives you little snippets of pieces, and I feel like it's easy enough for you to figure it out from that. That was the huge like clue for me at least when she talked about that I am automatically was like why would Tabitha want to heal her mom she never seemed to really care um about that the way that Ivy was talking about it in the book and so that's how I came from that conclusion I didn't I never predicted that she had successfully healed her from the cancer I thought that she tried do what Sylvia Sylvia it was an F um, so I thought that, uh, Tabitha accidentally killed Sylvia by attempting to heal her. I never thought in a million years that she actually had successfully cured her essentially of the cancer. So that's where I didn't completely predict that part, but I did at that point, I stopped thinking of it as someone who murdered her and thought it was an accident in the sense that she was just trying to heal her. And it went wrong. And so she was like 99% point, correct. No, Right, she was very close. At that point, when I was reading the whole um, thing with Mrs. Webb, and, like, I totally took the author for face value that, oh, yeah, duh, she was, like, beat up over her mom. She was trying to figure out if there was anything that she could have done. Same. Like, especially because she talks to... Um, she talks to Ivy at some point in the book. I can't remember at what point it was, but she says, like, I never stopped thinking about it. Like, because Ivy kind of accused her at one point of not being, I guess, caring about the mom's issues. And she basically had said, no, like, I've spent, I spent years thinking about what I could have done. Like, and so because of all of that stuff, I was like, oh, well, yeah, she's been beating herself up because... She's magical, but couldn't do anything more about it. Right. So I, well, and then it, she literally said, like, that's why she studies theoretical magic. Like, yeah. that's why she went into the field she went into in this magical right. world. And it so happened that Sylvia had the cancer and she could prove herself that she could do it. It wasn't until that they alluded to Sylvia's sickness later in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, they said um, something along the lines of, you know... Sylvia was already sick by then or like something kind of subtle that I was like, oh, okay. So she was definitely trying to heal Sylvia. And like Barbara, I thought, you know, she probably just wasn't um, like, wasn't versed enough to do it properly and ended up just being an accident. So. Well, no, she was, uh, she was good to go. Remember she practiced by giving a teenager an abortion. Uh, That was awful. That was awful. That was one of the loose ends that never got tied up for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I kind of just left that out there. Poor, poor, was it, uh... Courtney. Courtney. Poor Courtney's story. story. Just, you know, you find out that she got an abor- a magical abortion with Without no anesthetics. Sedation. Yeah, no sedation, no... Nothing, had to witness everything, and was super traumatized and scarred from it, but then yet they don't ever wrap that up and conclude like how she was or what what she did to eventually like heal from that or 
That's the it's part so that bothered me too is yeah. how the the not parents but the adults seem to like wave it off like no big deal. It um like Tabitha was like, Oh yeah, well it was successful, like I was magical and did all the things and she was, like so proud of herself and Ivy this is the one point where I enjoyed more Ivy's character than I did Tabitha because Ivy was like visibly like disgusted when her sister was like didn't even seem to care that Courtney was like traumatized essentially for the rest of her life maybe because of what she did and Ivy was like I think she even described it which um, the author is very good at descriptive words here very good like I felt like sick with Ivy when she was like I you know like she was like oh my stomach is rolling like this is awful because like she noticed that Tabitha did not care that she caused a, a teenager essentially a traumatizing experience but she was so very proud that she had done it she was like I did it that's what mattered even when I feel like wasn't it reported to Webb about what happened eventually and even once like it was out in the open that she had performed the illegal abortion procedure at the school like I feel like there was no repercussion for that Mm-mm. no they kind of just brushed it under the the rug and was like well, well it never it never came out that it was Tabitha because nobody ever confirmed or denied who did it like, right Ivy lied I, I guess that's Ivy true Ivy was like oh I, I don't know and Courtney's like that's right I don't remember right. it's like mm, okay and so that leads into another thing I'm going to talk about which is which like we all probably want to talk about is the the magic in the book um and while I don't think there was enough magic in the book, at least for my taste. The magic that the author created or used was so cool. Like the the theoretical magic and the healing especially. I'm um, sorry, I'm laughing at your other question. I'm sorry, go on. What other question? You're the the third question. Yeah. <laughs> like um, I was glancing through the notes and I just saw that and I just couldn't continue. I'm sorry, I'm I'm really sorry. I couldn't so the magic in the book is really cool, especially the healing magic, because essentially in, in this world, the, the way that they do healing is they, they use magic to take you apart and then fix whatever's broken or sick or infected and then put you back together. Like surgery. Um, yeah, it's Yeah, really, like magical yeah. surgery. And I, I just thought that the – and I, I think this is, again, another moment where uh, you know the author, her descriptive words and her imagery they, just they, brought this to life. They're, they're descriptive words. They are descriptive words just brought this magic to life and it, and it was really like the scenes talking about like like there's this the scene where mrs webb heals uh the main characters ivy, ivy uh the main characters and she had an infection yes in in her the shoulder. from some her shoulder yeah an infection in her shoulder and mrs that's webb that's just that. like quickly like like just flips her finger and like dismantles ivy's shoulder and then puts it all back together again that was just it was really cool the way that uh the way that they described it, it was really really cool. yeah 100 percent like I enjoyed, I've never read a book where the magic was like, it's, I feel like the the magic is based off of theories, like legit mathematical, math, what is the word? Mathematical. Yeah, whatever he said. That the theory, like, they based it on, if I were to have a surgery on my shoulder, this is what they would do. They would literally cut you open and do that. And it was so fascinating to me like I wanted more of that so anytime in the book um because we have at one instance um Dylan Dylan yeah Dylan Dylan, like gets blown up accidentally by Alexandria um it's super descriptive like it's super descriptive it's like you can I could 
physically see it in my mind's eye. Like this dude just blew up. Like little particles of little de- uh, Dylan. Dylan is just floating around, and his sister is literally like I, I just pictured her like using her mind, like moving it with her finger type thing, and things moving in the air. Like oh well, here's a piece of long. Let me put it over here, and this is where it goes in here. It was just so so cool. Like I've never read a book like that. Normally with magic, it's like something you can't see, you know, like you, you wave your wand and there's a little wisp of red, you know, sparks float out of your wand and then they're magically healed or something like that. Like, whereas this is like, it's a process. You don't just snap your finger and the magic happens and you're magically like healed or you magically have a fetus, like fetus abortionist thing. And it's, Oh, it's gone. No more. No more baby in your tummy it's like a legit surgery so I thought that was really cool as well yeah her um whenever I just blanked on the character Tabitha's description Mm -hmm. like when she's describing how it felt when Mrs. Webb was healing her shoulder like it wasn't like she didn't describe it as being painful but she described it as being like this super weird experience which obviously it would be but just the the author did a good job of describing the magic itself, but then also like making you uh, aware of how the character feels too. And like describing that, like I just thought it was pretty cool. I mean, that was one of the drawing in elements for me in general of the book was I think in the first chapter or the second chapter, it's talked like when they're, um, presenting the information to her about, like, the murder and trying to get her to come to the school and investigate. They basically said, like, you know, this body's cut directly in half from end to end or something. Um, Just described, like, the scene, and I was like, man, like, that's brutal. But (laughs) the the author does a good job of just describing things in general. Like, there was a a quote earlier in the book when the books were whispering or whatever Mm -hmm. and I wrote it down it said books whispering like a scandalized congregation of origami Presbyterians (laughs) like (laughs) just like like that kind of stuff or like the bulb died again with a sound like a fly smacking into a set of Venetian blinds like just very descriptive uh, all throughout but especially with the magic like you could really I mean, with the healing stuff, you could really see the the scene, and, and that was cool. The author did a good job of um, being descriptive. There just wasn't enough of it, in my opinion. Yeah, the author yeah. did a really good job being descriptive. They they made you feel like you were in the book when uh, when things like that were happening. So, so the, the question that Barbara was laughing at before <laughs> that I, I snuck in here is, uh, do, do you think Ivy is annoying and why do you hate her? Because I really didn't, I really didn't like the main character. And so I, I put How did you there. really feel, Michael? About her? <laughs> I, I, I think, I think that was pretty, pretty clear how I feel about Ivy. Um, so let's see. It, it is a book about Ivy's relationship with herself, her sister, and her love interest, Rahul. Magic is just the setting of the book. Uh, I, I think we already answered this question, which is that we all wish there was more magic. You literally just read my, that's my note for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my notes. <laughs> I liked Raul, though. Rahul? Yeah, I, like I did him. too. And, uh, like, I, you know, let's move on. There was actually another question somebody wrote about. No, no, about, no, I um, want to talk about this. Hold on, give me okay. a second. So, all right, all right. 
all the way up until almost the end of the book, I preferred Tabitha over Ivy, even though I, I felt like Tabitha was kind of obviously hiding stuff and doing it on purpose at one point. Um, I liked how maybe even three-dimensional that Tabitha is and stuff like that, up until, like, she showed her crazy. Like, I... And that's where it flipped for me, because for once, I was like, you know what? Ivy isn't a bad person. She actually genuinely cared. Like, she was worried about Courtney. She genuinely cared about Courtney and was worried about her. And, like, you know, someone needs to, like, does she need to talk to someone because of what she went through? Um, And I... And and another thing is she, as much as her and her sister had this issue, like she still really wanted that relationship with her sister to the point where she obviously lied to the school officials and said, oh yeah, it was an accident. She was trying to, I don't know, teleport or something like that and it didn't end up right and that's why she split up in half. She hid the fact that her sister did this illegally twice did two things illegally twice just to save face and save her sister so her sister wouldn't be like condoned and probably gone to I don't know magical jail if that was a thing in her world ask yeah, her sister, her right. sister <laughs> didn't even care about her the relationship though like it was all no. fake yeah. so like it really made me mad that she didn't do the right thing and turn her in after all of that especially with the abortion thing just like yeah. I mean obviously like the murder thing needed to be turned in too but the murder thing was more of an accident, you know, the, right. the other thing was totally intentional. And, like, what what relationship are you trying to salvage? Like, she's lying to you, she's lied to you this whole book, like, mm-hmm. why are you... I don't know, I did not like that. I, uh, I, I actually, I really liked Tabitha's character up until the end, and I, I was just, I was just thinking about this as, so as Barbara was talking, and the way that, that the author wrote this relationship was actually really, really cool, because you get introduced to Tabitha and you start to like her in the same way that Ivy, the main character is starting to like let her walls down and trust her. And like, then the reader of the book is like, Oh, you know she seems for Wow. She's being really nice. Like you start to like Tabitha more and more. And then you find out it was always big deception at the end. And, and, uh, you know, that as a reader, you know, that, that stung a little bit. I think that, yeah. that, uh, you know, find out that, you know, all these happy moments, they were like sisterly moments they were happening or having were all fake. Yeah. Um, and so the the author did a really good job at, at writing that pivotal moment when the rug gets ripped out from under Ivy's feet. I, I think at least like I, I felt that a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So, I, like I, I was talking to Lauren, like I <laughs> I love books with like the sister characters and stuff like that, but it's really it's hard to find one where they genuinely like each other at the end of the book or like they have they maybe they have a broken relationship in the beginning and then they fix it towards the end. Like this one, I was really hoping for that and I knew it wasn't going to happen. Um, and it, and it did not obviously it did not Like, and I, and, and, and the author made me feel bad for Ivy in that sense where she genuinely wanted a relationship with her sister. Like she was trying and her sister pretty much slapped it in her face. Like, I feel like her sister knew and used that against her, knew that she would be, that she would maybe do that for her and let her get off and hopefully not solve the quote unquote, the crime and stuff like that. So yeah, she totally knew and she was manipulative. I don't know. Michael's whole, do you think Ivy's annoying and why do you hate her question? Like 
I thought she was a little bit annoying in the sense that she, I mean, it was a little bit redundant, her whining. I get where people are coming from when they complain about that. But at the same time, I liked Ivy's character as far as just, like, I feel like it was a good representation of how it would feel to be in that situation. And then also just I had so much, like, sympathy for her because of not only just growing up with this sister that's, like, can do all of these cool things and you can't do any of them and, like, just feeling like you're always chasing that, but then also, like, her getting her hopes up that, like, she's finally going to have a sister again and then just, like Michael said, pulled the rug out, like, at the at the end and then she still stands up for her and it just shows how um, how kind of sick and codependent the yep. relationship kind of is and it just makes you feel bad for her. But let's talk about how Ivy catfished Rahul. Because <laughs> that happens. Like she. <laughs> so so, so, so for, for, for for description, Rahul is is another professor at the uh, physical magic at the the academy, and Ivy lets him believe that she is also magic and has these abilities. Well, um, she doesn't. And then starts a relationship with this guy. Well, she doesn't. She never said she wasn't. It was a white lie, essentially. She never said, hey, by the way, I'm just a normal person who can't do magic. No, she, she just, let him believe yeah, that she, she just, was. She never outright told him that she the was. The only lie she did tell him was the where she went to school. Right. She did. She did. So there he goes. So he would. that's a, a fair assumption for him to assume that she's magic if she's telling him that she went to a magical school. Yeah. I mean, she clearly wanted him to believe she was magic. And then, yeah. I mean, I really liked Raul. Like, I thought Same. he was a good guy. Um, and then I was also, that was another thing I was disappointed with because she, like, she never gets to open the door. Well, not yeah. the outfit, but uh, Ivy at the end. Like, it's like, oh, I'm going over there to his place to basically be honest and, like, see where it takes me and like she never gets like we you never mean after she trashed the relationship, right? By being dishonest and breaking Rose's heart. You know what? He might be able to see past it in her circumstance of understanding that she Yeah, maybe. She obviously so this book is literally about how much she hates herself, who she is, yeah. essentially. Like she is not happy with who she is and going to this school and seeing all these things and she literally says at one point like I just, like, there's two parts of her. One is, like, her real her, and the other part she sees, she envisions what she could have been had she been the one who got the magic and what her life would have been if she was magical. And <clears throat> she hates that she's not. She she thinks that she could have been so much better had she had this magic, if she had this potential to do all this stuff. And essentially it boils down to that she's not happy with who she is and where she's at in life, and that's unfortunate. And so that was actually my favorite part of the ending was that she's finally like, and, and as Lauren said, they leave a lot of cliffhangers. Like, you know, she, the book, the book literally ends with her with some pho and a bottle of wine sitting on Rahul's porch, like waiting, waiting for him to yep. come home, hoping that she can clear this up. Um, the best part of the ending was that she's finally okay with herself, or at least she's, She's in a, in a direction or moving in a direction where, like, she's starting to love herself for who she actually is or at least accept herself for who she really is. And I liked that. I liked that, you know, the book ended, like, she saved face with Tabitha. 
but she also kind of implied like but that's it like this is the last thing i'm going to do for you like she wasn't like let's let's be friends, sister friends i don't like, think you can be friends like i that. think she was like hey look i'm going to save your ass but then that's it um and you know i think that the the moment when rahul cut things off with her was an eye-opening moment for ivy too because like he when she, when he finds out that she's not magic and like he i think she immediately thinks like oh no like he's gonna find out i can't do magic and that's why he's gonna hate me and in that moment he finds that out and he doesn't hate her for that like he makes it crystal clear it's like he's like it doesn't bother me that you can't do magic and he he makes her leave or he asks her to leave and and ends the relationship because she lied about a in, in his mind about a core thing about herself um and that's why he was upset and i think that was eye opening for the character too when she was like expecting him to despise her, like, oh, you can't do magic, get out of here, you peasant. And and he was like, I don't care about that, but you, you, li- you, you lied. But I think, I feel like he's though, like, he's a good enough guy that, like, once he cooled down, like, they were going to enjoy that pho. And <laughs> it was going to be fine. And, like, she was going to, I don't know, that's my thought. But then, like, we never get to know because that's how the yeah. book. Nope, you never get to find out. What about the other characters? And the that, other side characters? Or well, the secondary characters? Yeah, so <clears throat> that leads to the other thing that was really just like what what the WTF moment. Like, she introduced this whole chosen one plot point and all that stuff, and it just kind of felt like, pretty much to me, it seemed like a poke at all the books, like Harry Potter, essentially, who has a chosen one, and like, is just making fun of the fact that all these magical books always have for it to be magical has to have someone who needs to aspire to great things and they're going to be the one who saves the universe and blah 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 and there to me it didn't seem like there was any point for that like whatsoever that that part of the plot point because it it literally went nowhere so for the fact that she that you're led to believe that really it it's dylan 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 thinks he's the no no he thinks he is but obviously it's very apparent for like chapter three onwards that it's not Dylan, but it's Alexandria, his half sister, yeah. who's the one who, well, the who can do all of this. That? Like I yeah, didn't. That's what I'm saying. I have no idea. No point. You could cut out that entire, like, still have those characters, yeah, but cut out the whole chosen one thing, and and the book is the same. Like, yeah, because I didn't go anywhere with that. You know, no. you, you could have easily said, just like not called it the chosen one and had Alexandria just realize like, you know, holy hell, I'm really powerful and yeah. I can do all this theoretical stuff and it would have been just as effective. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if she threw in the chosen, like, I mean, that, that's a, that's a fantasy trope. It, it's right. not just fantasy. It's saying, in, I think it's making fun of the, the fantasy trope. Do you think it was sense. mocking, yes, I think mocking, mocking, mocking the chosen it. one? I, I personally, that's how I took it. I was like, there's no other that I can tell the reason for that i mean is it a red herring so you believe that alexandria you know was the one who murdered it but you didn't need all the chosen one stuff like that just kind of was maybe to describe her character i don't know but she could have been been a suspect without being the right the chosen one or whatever yeah that was kind of dumb i love to hate alexandria she was presented as a suspect before we even knew she had all that power right yeah Alexandria was cool. Her Alexandria and her goons. She reminded me girls. of um, what's the mean girl? The main the Regina George. Regina George. She was yeah. Sacha Regina, like <laughs> totally to a T. It was like I totally got mean girl vibes. It was like Regina with magical powers. It was amazing. 
So I really liked her character, and I liked that at the end of the day, like, she was your stereotypical normal teenager who hated what she looked like and what she was popular, and so what did she do? She magicked herself to be who she wanted to be, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, true. It was, it's, her, her character was interesting, and, and the, the, the Mean Girls thing was also interesting. I just, I agree with both of you that the chosen one thing could have just been dropped. In yeah, it. that part was, just, there was People no reason the for that. At least I didn't see one. Okay, guys, our conversation is covering a lot of these questions, which is great. Um, we kind of talked about this, and, and I think the answer is going to be no from both of you, but did, did you like how the book ended? No. No. Um, and and also no. It's not, like, yeah, I I actually enjoy the part where we don't know whether her and Raul got back together or not. I think that's kind of up to the reader to decide, you know. What I didn't like was just, she was brought into this case for murder. Like, what the effing hell is she going to tell the headmistress that it was just an accident? Like, obviously, the headmistress is not that stupid. She knows that's why she hired her for a reason. She knows something happened. But on the flip side, that part doesn't really matter because Ivy's just a PI, and as far as the government is concerned, the magical government, I know the case it doesn't. Let's talk about PI. Ivy is a shitty PI. I'm sorry. She is. She's awful. Like it's blatantly apparent what is going on. Her. She was just like, I'm so good at reading people. Like I am the best, y'all. Like I'm so good at it. And don't get me wrong, she's great at reading people. That's as far as her PI this goes to me. So to clarify, if you're not as good at deduction as Barbara, you're stupid. No, that's not. That's Lauren, not what I'm I hope you know that Barbara just called both of us stupid. No, so. I'm just saying I didn't think she was that great of a PI. Like things literally fell into her lap for her to figure it out. How did she find out about the two like that Cordy well not even that she knew Cordy was pregnant, but that there was a chick that was pregnant and that's why there was a like Alexandria maybe was the reason why she killed herself. Because her phone accidentally fell when she ran into Raul and she stuck her hand underneath the lockers and found the little notes there. That's the only reason why she knew other stuff was going on. Like she like fell into stuff. It wasn't like she was purposely finding these clues. She found the diary, how? Because her drunk ass, by the way, alcoholic, um, stumbled into this thing. It's just like, it seemed she was a very lucky person. It had nothing to do with her skill. It was just very fortunate. So that's not a good PI to me. And I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, the ending. No, did we like the, <laughs> what was the question? That was you, the question. Did you like how that ending, why or why not? Oh, uh, I didn't like, yeah, he totally distracted me. I didn't like that she, like, I want to know what the hell she's going to say to the headmistress. Like, obviously she's not going to tattle on her sister. Like, that was very apparent that she just told her to, like, F off and, like, leave, and now I'm not going to tell. But, like, what do you tell her? Like, you yes, I concluded in my research that that was what it was. Like, Yeah, that's what you say. You go in there and you say, you in, my, in my that, professional though. opinion. It's not a professional the, opinion. You're lying to my, someone who paid you for a service. You shouldn't be like that. In like, my professional I opinion. Uh, the police were right. They came to the But they were conclusion. right, and the headmistress knows she's not dumb. That's what I right. didn't like. I didn't like that part of the ending. I didn't like how we never found out what, like, are, is Courtney going to get help? What about Alexandria? Because she even mentioned, she's like, oh, like, it would have been nice had you had someone like Tabitha to, like, help you, to help guide you with your powers and stuff like that, because you guys are pretty much the same. Two peas in a pod. You guys don't care about anyone. You're really, you know, into each 
uh, what is the word? I'm selfish. You're really selfish and all this stuff. I think like, Lauren it, described how, why the ending was bad perfectly earlier and a little bit earlier in the podcast, maybe even the first half of the podcast when she said like, there's, there is no sequel. And I, I think that that's, that's a perfect way to describe it. The book ended in a way where you're like, okay, like this is the first book in a series and it's going to pick up. And it left those threads hanging like you would expect at the end of a book that's going to be a series. And in, in this case, the author has confirmed it's not going yeah. to be a series and that's just the end. Um, and so I, I think that's why uh, none of us liked the ending is because it, yeah. it felt like it, it just didn't finish things and it left that's, things open was- for another book, but there's not going to be one, so... Yeah, it was I mean, just unethical. Like the whole, I don't know. I just feel like there were too many. Like I think that in the interest of being inclusive with the characters and like also kind of experimenting with some of the touchy subjects like abortion and things, I think that that was a good thing for the author to do. But at the same time, I feel like it was not. Um. The execution of it was not effective to the extent that, like, if you're going to throw some of those huge things out there, you need to, in my personal opinion, being in the mental health field, for your readers' sake, you need to wrap them up a little bit better than they did because, um, yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole sister getting away with basically doing a terrible traumatic abortion thing was more maddening to me than the sister getting away with like the whole killing of the girlfriend yeah yep i agree yeah and uh, like like barbara said i don't really think ivy was that good of a pi which is the next question i think so why you... were you giving me stress for that like you were just like egging me on mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i was just dragging dragging that answer out you know uh-huh. You were like, actually, she's great. She doesn't have to tell them. Because anything. when you play devil's advocate, you could tell them nice, you get a nice conversation. Lauren, what do you think? Was she a good PI? Was she a bad PI? It sounded like she was decent for, like, her normal job, like yeah. her normal gig. Um, like, it sounded like she was pretty sought after and she didn't need, you know, like, it, it sounded like she had a name for herself, at least in, like, the, you know, cheating spouse department and, like, that sort of smaller, smaller scale stuff. So I don't think she was a bad PI in that, in the whole blanket term. I think that the case that she was brought on for, she was obvious. She was almost set up for failure because that's your you're putting you're going into an environment where you're already going to be vulnerable and uncomfortable because your sister, who's your like oh, idol, like works there and and like you're just I don't know. I feel like the situation that she put herself in set her up to be not good at her job because she was so distracted by all of the other stuff, like the, the magic and the fact that, you know, she wants to fit in and she like, I don't know. I feel like there's too many distractions and like, she really shouldn't have probably taken on that case just for an ethical standpoint. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Ethically. I don't feel like she should have taken on if even her sister was a remote person of interest, like you should pull yourself out. Like, I feel like she could have been a great PI. Um, but I feel like the situation that she signed up for basically sealed the fact that like, she was not going to be good at that particular job just because of all of the, all of her, relationships and all of the stuff that was in yeah. yeah. came along with it. 
if she would have like gone to a totally unrelated school that she, no, she didn't know anybody at to solve a murder, I think she might have done okay. But the, right. Yeah. Did we figure out why the headmistress wanted her? Or was that Tabitha pretty much knowing that her sister wouldn't be able to either a solve the case because she was? Oh no, I think that was just random. That was random. I, I think like Lauren mentioned, like she's a private eye that had had made a name for herself and i'm guessing yeah, you know like anybody else would in modern times the headmistress did a quick google search no, 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 and but like it. she literally even said like i've never done a murder murder case like why would you want to pick someone who's inexperienced for something like that like that i don't think you could find a me. private eye that would have done murder because it's generally not something that a private investigator investigates oh okay so i don't know if it was just a total accident or if she knew i mean she obviously had to know that her sister that they were related and so, like... Well, didn't she say that she was recommended by Tabitha? I'm pretty no. sure she did. I don't no, remember. She, no, she didn't, because Tabitha made a comment at one point that, uh, that, you know, she had forgotten that she even worked in the area. Yeah. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure Tabitha was lying. I'm pretty sure Tabitha played this whole thing. Like, this whole thing was planned by so her. So if that happened and she recommended her, we don't know. I don't think that was ever stated in the book uh-huh. one way or the other. Because, like, Tabitha pretty much planted everything so it would look like... So Alexandria would take the fall for it is essentially what happened. Like, she planted all these things so Alexandria would take the fall and she would get off. Yeah. That's what it seemed like, for sure. No, she. she oh no, she definitely that. she did yeah. that. Yes, yes. So that's what I'm saying. I thought maybe she was even like, oh hey, nudge nudge, wink wink. My sister is a pre- <laughs> private investigator. Why don't you, you know, get and, her? And she might have. We'll never know because I don't think they actually went over know. that. Yeah, if someone's I don't read the book. Let me know. I don't re- recall that. No. no. So another question that Barbara had on here was uh, a similar ethical vein was about the school nurse. Um, what did we think of that no, character? No, that wasn't me. That was Lauren. That was Lauren's question. Mm-hmm. That was Lauren's question. Uh, and I'll answer it then. Well, I, I, I liked the school nurse's character really, like, right up until the end. Um, you know, she was an interesting character. She seemed way overqualified to be working as a school nurse. So I kind of wanted to know more about that. Like, did she did she screw up at a previous career? Well, and... She was retired. She was, like, in her 80s. That's no, right. She's older. I forgot her, about that. Her granddaughter went to that school. And so she's like, well, you know, I, I it's one of those people who probably just loves what she does and wants to be busy. She, something like, had do. retired, like, three times as a healer and just decided, like, I want to do something. Yeah. So school nurse is probably less taxing on the body or you know so i liked i liked her mrs webb was a badass she was clearly talented at what she did uh what i didn't like about her is when it got to the end and the whole thing with courtney and the abortion and all that came out and mrs webb just kind of was like okay with brushing that under the rug and yeah she totally dropped the ball ethically like like as a health practitioner whether it's mental health physical health whatever like i don't know if a magical world Right, you take, take it like you do no harm, and like, I mean, maybe the magical world doesn't believe in that. I don't know, but I was very like I really liked Mrs. Webb throughout the whole thing, and then when she just kind of let it go, like, I like you know whatever, like I guess that's it is what it is with the whole abortion thing. I was like that goes against all kinds of like ethical standards and also just like moral. Like, people who are in the healing profession, like, that just doesn't jive with that. So, I I quit liking her at the end after that. Did she... So, I know 
in the beginning, she was like, oh, whatever, brush it aside. And then she learned that Courtney got the abortion without the sedative. And that I, she changed her tune just a little after that. She, she seemed actually genuinely concerned at that point, maybe not as concerned as maybe she should be. And she also didn't press Ivy or Courtney. And maybe she, and this is one of those things that maybe if we had a future book, she would have type thing. Because she seemed like she obviously didn't believe either of them that they didn't know who performed it. Um, but she seemed a little bit more concerned, but I didn't think it was as, like, if if that was me type thing, I would have been like, well, what the hell? Like, we need to figure this out. Like, we need to get you some help. Like, what can I do to help you in this situation type thing? Uh, she brushed off it in the beginning, right? And then and she found out that she didn't have the sedative, and that's when she kind of changed That's when she kind of right? got mad yeah. about it. Yeah. But like you said, like, I loved her character up until that point. I was just like, man, come on. None of these adults seem to really care about these teenagers. Well, that's kind of like, sad. Like you said, she didn't press it. Like, that would be like if no. I have my my kid that says, like, she didn't eat the cookie, but she has cookie crumbs on her face. And I'm like, well, are you sure you didn't eat the cookie? And she's like, yeah. And even though there's, like, evidence that says that she ate the cookie, I'm just like, okay. And we right. just move on. <laughs> like, yeah. not, right. Like, you could have pressed the, the issue a little bit more, especially with how big of a deal it was to fi- try and figure out, like, what actually happened. But she's just, like, satisfied with, well, all right. Like, we're just going to accept that BS answer that you know is BS. And Lauren, I really liked the last question that I'm assuming is Lauren's question. Lauren, yeah, I really like the last question, which is, if you were in Ivy's position, would you have pretended to be magic to live out your dream, or would you have been honest with everyone? Uh, and it's a it's a good question, and it's a complicated question, because I think that pretending to be magic helped her in her investigation, because I think people at the school were more open with her when they thought she was like them, as most people are when they think that they're like them. Um, whereas... With the, where I, I disagree though with Rahul, which we already kind of talked about. So I don't think, I think if she was just pretending for the sake of the investigation, I mean, that happens all the time in investigations. Yeah, but that's in the what, why she's, a, the she's a bad PI. You can't be fraternizing with someone who potentially could have murdered this lady. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Sure. First off, you have a sister who could be a potential person who murdered her and then you have this teacher who you just fall in love with it's like dude come on that's just one-on-one you don't do that kind of stuff you don't date the person and be sisters with the other one be like okay i'm gonna have to pull myself out here and then be like hey dude i want to date you i like you there you go problem solved put it this way barbara if you got a letter for hogwarts but found out that you were a squib and weren't magical and you only got to spend, like, one week at Hogwarts, would you pretend like you were magical for the sake of experiencing all the stuff, or would you tell everybody you're a squib? No, I would be true with my... I, I don't know. I feel like that's it's kind hard. of hard. Like, it, it, am I trying to make friends here? Because if I'm not trying to make friends, then I'm just going to be who I am, because that's who I am. Like, like it or not, I guess. But, like, if I'm trying to, like, get some friends, and trust me, it's hard. <laughs> Like, would I maybe fib? You know, probably. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, girl, I can do much too. Woo. So I, I just think in this case, the, the lie itself is not unethical because it's part of the investigation to pretend to be someone else. 
but I think that because of the things, the other circumstances, like the fact that she started having a relationship with this guy and the fact that her sister was there, like, I mean, ethically, all in all, you know, Ivy took the book of ethics and lit it on fire. But (laughs) I, I don't think that lying about being magic to get these other magic people to let their guard down and tell her stuff no, was bad as a I private investigator. I don't think so. I mean, you want them to trust you. Would they trust someone who wasn't magical? Probably not. So I completely, I think that was okay for her to do for her investigation. But once she started getting personal, that's when you pull back and say, hey, dude, by the way, I'm investigating your ass, but I'm also not magical. I want to start a relationship with you. I want to start it on the right foot. I'm sorry that I led you to believe that I was. You know, she should have said all this during their dinner date, like their first dinner date. Like, hey, I, I didn't tell you this earlier because I was still investigating you, but I wanted you to know that I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't do magic. I'm not a magical person. Is that okay? Are you still cool with that? And if not, I completely understand. She should have been honest then and there and not yeah. had him, you know believe otherwise but she should have put herself in that position in the first place if you don't date someone who could potentially be someone who murdered this person like you are an investigating and murder you shouldn't be fraternizing with anybody she drank a lot of alcohol barbara she didn't really know i feel like that this is kind of goes back to my point from earlier about the fact that she never should have taken the job to begin with because i don't feel like i feel like her pretending to be magic, like, the way that she made herself feel better about it was to say, it's because of my investigation, and it's going to let people's guards down, and that's how she's going to feel okay about the decision. But I feel like 98% of her was doing it because she had always wanted to know what it felt like to be a part of the magical community and to, like, experience those experiences. And so I feel like... Yeah, she was able to justify it because she was doing the investigation, but she was really just living out a childhood dream that she never got to experience. And and again, like she ethically shouldn't have ever even taken the job because like she couldn't with her situation. She was never set up to be good at the actual job. Like she I think that it was all in the name of. What does it feel like to be magic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a very selfish person. Yeah. Yeah. So concluding that question, let's move on to the individual scores. I'm going to let Lauren start since this was her book. I gave it a seven and a half. Um, it might have been an eight if it weren't for the ending. There were a lot of like issues that I had with it in general, but the fact that the author made me read it in a day and a half because of the pacing and the descriptiveness and just the, uh, like, the way that it was written. I feel like it deserves a higher score because I feel like, I don't know. I'm also, like, super critical of my books, and I feel bad that I've never rated one over, like, a six, so. Uh, This is literally your highest scored book. Yeah, it is. It is. And my lowest scored book. Um, I gave it a six uh, for the same reasons that Lauren gave it a higher score. Like, that's the only reason it deserved a six, because the way that the author wrote the the imagery and things like that and the magic and there a lot of the, the things that I talked about in the episode that were positives were the reason that it got a six instead of a lower score. 
but, uh, but yeah, that was my score. Just six out of ten. Barbara? I was, once again, the middle person, and I gave it 6.75. I'm sorry for the 0.75. Just so damn specific. 6.75. It murders my soul every time I do this to it him. Does, it does. I just can't decide because it's, it's better than 6.5, but it's not quite the 7, and so it's 6.75. So, so our group score was a 6.75. <laughs> I told you I'm always the middle number. Literally, I'm always the middle number. It's true, actually. We did. Uh, we we dug into this, and it, traditionally, I have the highest rating. Lauren has the lowest rating, and Barbara's rating is literally the average of our two ratings. I'm in the and this book, we were like, oh, we're going to break that because Lauren picked high and I picked low. And Barbara still picked I'm, any, I'm, I'm one thing. I'm a very consistent person. I'm just a very neutral, just in the average, not happy or sad, just just there. I'm just, just there. Uh, that's how I feel about the book. It was good. I liked it. But there was a lot of things I also didn't like, but a lot of things that I did like. And, and those things that I liked were awesome, amazing. The whole magic is the way that she created this. I want more. And like Lauren said, like I read this book quickly because I was always like, well, maybe this is when I'm going to find out more magic or maybe it's this. And then she had those scenes where I could not put the book down because it would be like, and then he exploded. I was like, oh, what the hell? He, he exploded. Well, I have to figure out why he exploded. Let me keep reading. And so it was not boring you know obviously i got through it i didn't have any like moments where michael did when he was just like oh this is trudging along i didn't think so it was quick and maybe that's why she kept it short maybe it's a good thing that it's a short book because i think maybe if it was longer it wouldn't have been so like i didn't maybe want to read it so often or or the pacing would have been off um yeah. so that's why i gave it a score and thus concludes our episode on <laughs> magic for liars Thank you so much for listening. We are Badass Literature Society. Hopefully you liked it. Let us know one way or the other. If you've got a book recommendation, please let us know either on Instagram or Twitter. Follow us on our socials. Handle is still at Badass Lip Pod. And guys, if you liked the episodes, please, 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 please give us a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to us um, when you do review it because it puts us on like the, hey, check this podcast out, out, podcast out part of the podcast when you're searching for things so if you can review us we would really appreciate it yes we would we might get a shout out even though i suck at shout outs hey you know and on one final note i'm michael this is barbara lauren and we are badass literature society thanks for listening see see you guys next month bye